T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. In two days, Chicagoans will go to the polls in what's been one of the most competitive and crowded races for mayor that we've seen in decades. Political polls suggest a substantial number of people are still undecided. What do they want? What are they looking for? AARP Illinois believes it can answer some of those questions, and we've got lots of questions. Hello, I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and this is At Issue. My guests this weekend before Election Day are among the top leaders of Illinois' American Association of Retired Persons. And they're here to talk about the results of a survey they did uh, on mostly uh, older uh, people in the uh, northern Illinois area. Robert Gallo is state director uh, for AARP. He directs the organization's professional staff and volunteers. Before he got that job, he was operations manager for AARP Florida and interim state director for AARP Maryland and Louisiana, where he helped in the relief efforts after Hurricane Andrew. Mary Anderson is AARP's manager of advocacy and outreach in Northern Illinois. She directs the organization's strategies. That includes talking with lawmakers and municipal officials. So you probably have the uh, the harder job. Yeah, but uh, Bob Gallo and Mary Anderson, welcome. Thank you. Craig. Thanks for having us. Um, you commissioned a survey of about 800 voters over 50. Seniors tend to uh, actually vote more consistently and with greater enthusiasm than some other people who should be going to the polls but don't. Bob Gallo, what was the purpose behind this study? Well, the purpose behind the study is we represent adults age 50 plus and many of those um, are not retired. A good significant number of those um, are still working. About 40% of our members still work. Um, but what we really wanted to find out was what are they concerned about? Um, what do they want to see from the next mayor? And to raise their voices uh, during the mayoral election, we have 250,000 members in Chicago alone, and they tell us they're going to vote in this election. But that shouldn't be a surprise because... Older adults uh, significantly come out in higher numbers. So, you know, we asked them what they wanted from the next mayor and what it is that they're concerned with. And, you know, the reason we did that is because you don't often hear um, from mayoral administrations in Chicago, um, you know, what are they going to do to to affect the concerns of older adults, which tends to be really different. Um, If you're a retired individual and you're living at home, Things like public safety, relevant to crime especially, makes individuals isolated. They're afraid to go out. So that's those are some of the things that we heard. Um, It was public safety. It was um, what type of essential services older adults need in order to age in place in the in the setting that they want to live in, which is essentially their homes here in Chicago. Um, And you know, and also um, they want to be able to afford to continue living in the city. They're they're concerned with. Um, the rising property taxes that they've been experiencing, even though they may have paid off their mortgages years ago, they're seeing taxes go up fourfold 
um, rising utility rates as well are things that they told us about too that they're very concerned about, and they want the, they want the candidates to address those issues. Uh, so, Mary Anderson, what would you say was the biggest headline out of the uh, the the survey that you did that did cover quite a number of uh, areas? Yeah, I would say the top top issues that came out were public safety, affordability and also essential services. Our members said that those were the most important issues for them in this campaign and what they wanted to hear from, from the mayoral candidates. What's interesting is we haven't necessarily heard about all those issues. And so we've been taking the time to sit down with each of those candidates to talk one-on-one about those issues. Yeah, and as you point out, some people seem to care about some things uh, like the rising prices and the violent crime, uh, even political corruption, uh, more than others. And and then I noticed that there are other people who say they don't care at all about affordability. They don't care at all about crime and violence. I mean, there were there was yeah. a little a swing. Is it that some people just don't care about things that make other people really crazy? I think it's because our city's really complicated, and so people are looking at what can I what can I do to stay in the city, to stay safe, to be able to be with my family and age in place. Some folks are seeing, in fact, the vast majority of our members are seeing public safety being the main thing. And then next to that is being affordability. So property taxes, the constant continuation of fees that are coming through all the time. And so I think it's a combination of those things, which is why I think we see that swing. Is it also the, um, is there probably an economic diversity among among seniors too? I mean, some oh, yes. the, the, well, well, people who are more well off probably aren't going to worry as much about public safety sure. or affordability yeah. as others. Yeah, and it, obviously it's going to depend on what your means are. I mean, when you have a, a broad constituency of, of older adults who have been working in different professions, uh, it might the difference might be those who are, are still working and still earning an income versus those who are retired and living on a fixed income, which in many cases um, is Social Security alone. And this is in Illinois statistics, but 40% of retired individuals in Illinois are living on Social Security alone. Hmm. Um, one thing that I noticed in your uh, survey is that a substantial number of people uh, are considering leaving the city, and I'd like each of you to address that. Why? Yeah, that's what was really telling for us, too, is that, that, that folks are saying they cannot afford to stay in the city. So they're seeing property taxes increasing. They're seeing fees coming through. In fact, actually, we have one of our one of the folks that we surveyed, um, gentleman who lives on the north side, professional photographer on Albany Park. So he worked hard, bought a house in 1995, is about to pay it off, but then he's looking moving forward, and he's seeing his property taxes have quadrupled in the last few years. And then he's seeing his water bill and his utilities bill quadruple. And so as he's trying to determine when can I retire or even can I retire and be able to stay stay in my house, we're seeing that over and over again with our members. And Bob, to what degree are you also seeing people who are still working, but their jobs just aren't keeping up with what, what living costs? Is it, is it about the jobs as much as it is about things like taxes? Well, I think people will always look for the best opportunity for themselves and their family. So um, if uh, if your wages are not uh, keeping up with the um, expenses that you're experiencing in the city, 
um, you know, and you have an opportunity to go somewhere else and, and get another job at the same amount of money um, or a higher amount um, in a state um, or city with, with um, that's much more affordable for housing in particular. You know, housing is just, uh, is a, we hear about affordable housing all the time, but what does that mean to any particular individual? You know, I, I saw, um, you know, I, li- I live in the city, um, live in a, um, a modest condominium, um, that we bought 10 years ago, and I just uh, saw that our our property taxes in the last three years went up 43%, you know, based on our assessed value. You know, but I'm not going to sell my house and, you know, go live somewhere else because that's the only option that I have, and people are seeing that. It's like, well, just because the value of my home has gone up, it doesn't mean that that's money in my pocket. You know, that value doesn't mean anything until you, you sell it and go somewhere else for a place that you can afford. And I see... And you often see that, um, you know, Florida's population where I used to live has continued to increase year after year after year. When I first lived in Florida, the population was 12 million in the early 80s. It's now 22 million. Um, where did those people come from? It wasn't just people having babies. Um, and so people are seeing, well, if I sell my home here or if I go down and live there, um, you know, the property taxes are lower. Um, they don't have a state income tax. Um, I'll be able to have more left out of my paycheck at the end of the week or at the end of two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that there was a uh, a survey of younger people that came out recently, and affordability and uh, a sense that their future did not necessarily lie in this city was a feature of that survey. Um, is there some kind of irony in this, or or big trouble signs? I think there's big trouble signs. Yeah. I mean, what we're seeing from our members is they're concerned about the affordability. Then they're also saying in our survey, they're saying they don't see the economy growing in Chicago. They're seeing it stay the same or get worse. And they're concerned not only about themselves, they're just concerned about their children and their grandchildren. They're concerned about the public education system, and they're concerned about the economy and the safety. And so it's a combination. So I think this is a sign of trouble. If we have older adults, 50-plus, who are saying we're concerned about the future of the city, and then we have the young millennials saying the same thing, that does not make a good mix. Mm. Um, That sounds like something that you would be wanting to address in in whether it's Springfield or in Chicago, doesn't it? I mean, well, population loss um, affects a state and a city in a lot of different ways. People, you know, take their um, they take their investments with them. They take their uh, purchasing power with them. Um, in a at a state level, it affects the um, the number of congressional representatives a state has when you lose population as well, and that affects our representation in Congress. Um, and um, and and the the ability to draw down federal funds for all the things that you need, whether they be infrastructure or or um, services that that individuals need, so or education. So, you know, population retention is is huge. And you know, older adults, um, you know, particularly when they have their families around them, uh, provide a support system for younger people as well. You know, grandparents um, can take care of grandchildren when mom or dad have to go to work. So you start affecting family structures as well, and that puts additional pressure on individuals as to where they're going to live and why. Mm. Um, Another part of your survey showed that uh, roughly about 75%, and and you pointed this out, want to hear how the next mayor is dealing with uh, services to older populations. But as you also pointed out, we are not hearing those discussions 
on the campaign trail. Now, I know you've called in the, the people to hear it from the candidates themselves, the ones who would come. But what people are hearing out there are mostly charges against from one to another. Um, who's who's closer to Ed Burke than than not? And that seems to be a kind of discussion that isn't as helpful to people making up their minds, isn't it? Well, often you know what we're also hearing, other than the you know the negative campaigning, um, which is sort of typical in American politics today, which doesn't make it easy for any individual voter to uh, make a decision. We also hear is, well, this is what I've done before. I think what people want to know is, like, this city has serious problems, serious economic problems. It has infrastructure problems. You know, we saw a crumbling bridge over uh, the Chicago River on Lakeshore Drive. That's not the only um, problem that we're that we're seeing. You know, it's not just about potholes. Um, it's it's about maintaining a transportation system. Um, you know, so. What individuals and voters really need to hear is what are you going to do to address or fix the problems we're all aware of? Um, you know, what you did before doesn't doesn't speak to that. And so, you know, that's I I think we're going to see. That's why probably a lot of voters are waiting for election day to to you know to make their final decision because there is a lot of uh, confusion about who should I vote for. So I, I hope in the remaining days that, you know, candidates do talk about that, or if there is, and it seems like there is going to be a runoff election, then we can get a little more pointed on demanding that those individuals who would like to be the next mayor talk specifically about what they're going to do, because there's not a lot of specifics right now. And that, that's, well, a, I was saying, that's exactly what AARP is going to do and has been doing. We are going to hold these candidates accountable. We've sat down with six of them one-on-one. I've talked about those essential services and how those need to be paid attention to, about how crime and public safety needs to be addressed at the neighborhood level, and also how these affordable affordability issues really need to be addressed. So we're going to be coming to the candidates on February 27th and also on April 3rd. And we're walking in with our livable communities agenda saying, we want you to address housing. We want you to address transportation. We want you to address um, essential services to make sure they are actually going to put in solutions to these problems. And we'll make sure to, to actually suggest some solutions for them as well. You're listening to WBBM News Radio's At Issue. I'm political editor Craig Delamore, and we're talking about what older voters want in a new mayor and from city government. My guests are Bob Gallo, state director with the American Association of Retired Persons, Illinois, and Mary Anderson, AARP's local manager of advocacy and outreach. How concerned are both of you that people who are undecided at this stage of the election campaign are just going to stay home and wait to see what comes out of the uh, the the first round. Uh, is is that is that a worry even for older voters? I actually think people are going to turn out. I think folks are kind of waiting and seeing to see if anything comes out these last few days. But this is an exciting election. I mean, this is the true future of the city. We haven't had an election like this in decades. And so I think, I'm hoping at least, it's going to be very exciting for, for voters and they're going to want to turn out to be a part of what's going to come. Well, I have to tell you, Bob, I, I, I won't name names, but I was in an elevator with a, uh, a ranking city official uh, the other day who asked me, who do you think you know, is going gonna, is, is gonna to be the next mayor? 
And I'm, I'm very honest about that. I have absolutely no idea because there's so many moving parts. Yeah. And I said, and besides that, 25% of the electorate seems to be undecided. And that person said, me too. And I'm thinking, this is a person inside city government who knows the inner workings of city government and can't decide. I, I have to think there are people who are, you know, everyday voters who don't even have that kind of information. Uh, how do they? I mean, they're, they've, they've got to be at a loss in some cases. Look, you know, the, there are some days I can't decide to, what I'm going to have for dinner. <laughs> you know, and, I, and you choose at the last minute when, when you sort of get to that point. So I think that's probably going to happen at the voting booth in many ways. I think the most important part is people show up. Because when people show up in significant numbers, you know, we often hear that, you know, the, you know, that, you know, percentage of, of individuals who are registered to vote don't vote, and the number of individuals who aren't registered. The most important part in this election is showing up, and that is your voice. So everyone, whether you're decided now or not, needs to go on election day next Tuesday and vote, because that's what holds elected officials accountable is to know that voters are concerned because it doesn't end at the election, you know, and it's not going to end at the election. That's when the, the rubber meets the road and whatever promises were made or plans were, were shared, uh, voters are going to hold them accountable. And, and that's kind of what we bring to the table where, you know, when we're, we're about the issues, right? And, and we're trying to educate voters on those issues, but also share those concerns with the candidates. So with 250,000 AARP members in the city of Chicago, and this is the first time we've done this in a mayoral election, we're going to continue to inform those 250,000 AARP members after the election of where the next mayor is going and to remind the next mayor that these are the issues of real people because that's who they're supposed to represent are real people. We want people to vote. One of the things I thought was very interesting in your survey is you actually asked your the people what kind of mayor they wanted and a third want a mayor who has extensive experience but almost half want a new face with, with new ideas what's going on there mary no i think i think folks want to see a new leader who's going to come in and get some things done um i think um voters are are kind of sick of seeing the same folks come back over and over again. Um, and goodness knows they have a lot of choices this time with 14. Um, so they're going to get those, those, those concerns answered, I think. Hmm. And also, more than half want a leader of multicultural or other background. Uh, I, was, I was surprised by that finding. Actually, I'm not surprised. I mean, this is the home of Barack Obama. We're seeing a huge surge nationally of... of representatives and folks coming into public service who, from all these different backgrounds, I think it's kind of a reflection of we want a mayor that's going to reflect our city. Um, were there any real surprises in the findings? I mean, something that you just didn't expect to see? Yeah, it's never a surprise, but we sort of knew it already. Um, you know, the, the high percentage of, of older adults who care about education. Um, you know, and you know, we, we, we kind of know that in practical ways already. Um, you know, ARP has a program here called experience core. We have over 140 retired individuals in 25 CPS schools 
as reading tutors in kindergarten through third grade classrooms. Um, and they are volunteering their time throughout the entire school year. Um, and uh, the children, the response from the children and the results that we see from that program are just phenomenal. And and the feeling that the older adults get and in, in the accomplishment and the commitment and the dedication in seeing those children thrive and be able to go on to fourth grade with higher reading scores in order to continue their education is, is huge. You know, so um, I also think that it's, um, you know, it's a legacy factor. You know, I think we all want to know that the next generation is going to do better than we have. That's why we're here. You know, we're not just here for ourselves. We want to see a future, not only for our city, but the people who live in it. So that's, you know, that's, as I said, that's, it's not necessarily a surprise, but I think a lot of individuals should be surprised about that, that, you know, there's this feeling that um, older adults just need things for themselves and they want social security and they want Medicare. And of course, those things are hugely important to them. You know, but the, the sense of, purpose and support that they give to uh, future generations is something that needs to be recognized as well, not only in the volunteering work that they do, which we have significant number of volunteers. We have over 400 volunteers here in Illinois alone who do all types of things. They um, they teach individuals how to drive more safely. They um, help them file their taxes at tax season. They're, they're, um, you know, they're, they're volunteering in schools. They go down to Springfield um, and walk the halls of the Capitol on issues of concern in working with members of the General Assembly. And going forward, we'll be looking for those same individuals to go to the mayor's office and city council meetings to do the same thing. But is there a certain class of, of, of older people who have the wherewithal to be able to volunteer? Uh, I mean, is, is it yeah, the, guy, the people who have a lot of money can certainly afford to do that, but are you seeing it broader than that? Oh, yes. Our volunteers from all, are from all sorts of different backgrounds, all sorts of different work experiences. I mean, folks want to be involved and engaged, and they want to shape the future of our city. And being involved with AARP, that is a way to do that, definitely. And in fact, one way that folks can get involved is we're actually having two community forums in March um, we're going to be having one on March 13th at Disable uh, Museum of African American History, 7 to 9 p.m. that evening. And then we're also having one on March 18th at Arturo Valencia um, uh, Institute in Pilsen Little Village from 7 to 9 as well. And we'll be talking about all of these issues. Well, let's, uh, with the time that we have left, a few minutes, uh, let's talk about what are AARP's priorities for the new governor and for the lawmakers who so, what are you going to be uh, suggesting be done? Yeah, well, over two years ago, we started a campaign across the state called Enough is Enough. Um, folks heard a lot of you know the news about the General Assembly unable to even pass a budget, which is the basic job of a governor um, and the House and the Senate. Um, and we, we started this campaign. We went all across the state um, doing community forums and basically uh, telling um, telling citizens to put pressure on their local elected representative, whether as a member of the General Assembly, House, or Senate, that they needed to step up and be leaders and pass a budget. That when you hear about the significant number of unpaid bills uh, for nonprofit organizations that are providing services like Meals on Wheels or mental health services across the state that hadn't been paid for work that they had been contracted for, billions and billions of dollars. You know, now we heard, um, you know, Governor Pritzker 
um, you know, talk about in his budget address the things that he needs to um, focus on and that the state needs to. We're, we're in, the state is in terrible f- financial situation, unlike any other state in the United States, and that has huge repercussions. It's also part of the reason why um, you, we hear about you know children, young adults, um, who don't want to go to Illinois' higher education institution and are leaving the state because they're not sure that those those that the programming and the and their education is going to be supported and will their degree be um, be credited. So, you know, we're going to continue now to work in Springfield on putting Illinois on a sound fiscal path and that's what the enough is enough campaign was about so that's the you know that's the biggest thing that has to happen we have to get our financial house in order you can't provide you can't continue to pay for things that you don't have the revenue to pay for um we were very concerned uh one of the things we were very concerned about um was some of um organizations here in chicago were recommending that retirement income be taxed we were mm-hmm. completely opposed to that you know, individuals who are currently retired did not cause Illinois' fiscal problems, and they had not planned to pay that money in their retirement, and they told us that if that happened, they would have to consider leaving as well. So you know, what we're asking for is a comprehensive plan um, to consider all fair sources of revenue to solve Illinois' problem and put this state in the black because it's been in the red for too long. But to what degree are you going to have to temper people's desire for programs that new programs and different programs that affect them with the reality that there may not be, at least at the beginning, enough money? For, for those things. I mean, that we're, isn't that isn't that an issue? We're actually not talking about new programs. We're talking about funding the programs that are already there. We need these essential services to be spread out throughout the state and in our neighborhoods. We used to have mental health centers in every single neighborhood in the city of Chicago. Those were closed. We used to have a Department of Aging that has now been subsumed and underneath Department of Family and Support Services. We need to bring those essential services back and put them back into the neighborhoods. Everyone has access to them. And we have those community supports. But does the government have the money? Yes, they do. It's choices, and they need to be making the right choices. And what kind of reception are you getting from the lawmakers you've spoken with and from, uh, presumably, you've talked to, at least, if not the governor, the governor's people? Uh, Since he had to run a campaign, he probably had to come through your offices. Uh, What kind of a reception are you getting? Yeah, well, we we met with Governor Pritzker when he was campaigning, as well as um, a number of the other candidates as well. And we, you know, we basically shared with him our concerns um, on the taxation of retirement income was only one of the topics, obviously. And you know, he promised that he would not go in that direction. Um, he understood the strain that it would put on individuals who um, couldn't afford to pay it anyway. Um, you know, and the other part we made sure that he understood was uh, fully funding what's called the community care program, which provides home and community-based services for individuals, uh, many of who are on Medicaid, and it actually saves the state money um, by providing basic services in people's home. It could be, um, you know, light house cleaning. It could be bathing. It could be meals on wheels. Um, and that's where people want to be anyway. And But if you can't do those things, you can wind up in an institutional setting, um, also known as a nursing home, 
which costs the state even more money. So we're we're sensitive to, you know, we're sensitive to the budget and what's available. So things like that, you know, are are cost savers to the state uh, versus things that would be much more expensive. When you take that safety net out from under people, it costs you more in the long run. Okay, last question and a pretty quick answer, uh, I expect, and that is. Uh, is uh, AARP endorsing in the mayor's race or any others? Nope. We're a nonprofit organization. We do not endorse candidates. We do not make campaign contributions. We educate our 1.7 million members in Illinois and 250,000 members here in the city of Chicago on the issues um, that on, on issues that are important to them and where the candidates stand on them, so they can make the choice they need to make when they go to the when they go to the polls. Thank you very much. That's going to be the final word. I would like to thank Bob Gallo and Mary Anderson from AARP for spending the half hour with us. Uh, To our listeners, if you'd like a copy of this program or just to hear it again, please visit our website. That is WBBMNewsRadio.com. You can also find our podcast on Radio.com. I'll be back next week with another edition of At Issue, and I hope you'll be listening. Until then, I'm Craig Delamore, News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM. WBBM and HD Chicago, WCFS FM and HD1 Elmwood Park, Chicago. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.